Today is May 10th, 2021, and our first story with major breaking news. A state of emergency was declared in 17 states and Washington, D.C. after hackers shut down the largest oil pipeline in the U.S. This may result in gas shortages and escalating prices, which in turn could cause all other goods to see their price increase. In our next story, a viral video has conservatives outraged after a police officer protects Black Lives Matter protesters shutting down a roadway from angry citizens. A man was recently brutally beaten, but it seems like cops keep deferring to the protesters, much like what we saw last year when the police took a knee after rioters burned much of many cities. In our last story, Elon Musk results in a massive ratings boost for SNL, and the woke leftists can't stop complaining. Before we get started, leave us a good review if you like the show. Give us five stars. And if you really like the show, please share it with your friends. Now, let's read that first story. Elon Musk on Saturday Night Live, Antifa protesters getting protected by cops. A lot of stuff happened this weekend, but we have a very serious bit of news. A regional emergency was declared. A state of emergency declared in 17 states over a cyber attack that has shut down the largest oil pipeline in this country. At a time when gas prices are already up around 22 percent, fears of inflation are looming and many worry that this could lead to a market collapse. This is the worst possible timing. I don't think we've gotten any update on how this happened from the White House, but it's very serious. So uh, let's let's just jump right in so you can get you can get some understanding of what's going on with this emergency. It is expected to cause a spike in gas prices, especially for those who are on the East Coast. This goes from Texas all the way up to New Jersey. And it's going to have an impact on even states north of Jersey and surrounding Jersey. So let me just give you the straight news. We'll, we'll see what's happening. The Hill reports regional emergency declaration issued over pipeline shutdown after a cyber attack. They say the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration on Sunday issued a regional emergency declaration in 17 states and the District of Columbia in response to the shutdown of one of the largest pipelines in the U.S., which supplies around 45% of fuel consumed by the East Coast. The regional emergency declaration from the United States Department of Transportation lifts restrictions for motor carriers and drivers who are providing assistance to areas that are suffering a shortage of gasoline, diesel, jet fuel, and other refined petroleum products in the wake of the colonial pipeline shutdown. So for those that are Wondering what states? This is Alabama, Arkansas, D.C., Delaware, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, New York, North Carolina, Pennsylvania, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, and Virginia. The declaration grants drivers and carriers relief from parts 390 through 399 of Title 49 Code of Federal Regulations. These regulations are reinstated once a driver or commercial motor vehicles is used for interstate commerce that does not provide assistance to help the shortage. Upon termination of direct assistance to emergency relief efforts related to the shortages of gasoline, diesel, jet fuel, and other refined petroleum products due to the shutdown, partial shutdown, and or manual operation of the colonial pipeline system in the affected states, the motor carrier and driver are subjected are subject to the requirements of 49 CFR parts 390 through, 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 through 399. Carriers or drivers who are subject to an out-of-service uh, are not eligible for the relief. Okay, the emergency declaration will stay in effect until the emergency is over or until 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time, June 8th, 2021. So the bigger question I'm sure most of you have is what happened? Ransomware cyber attack on one of the biggest pipelines in the country, shutting it down. We don't know when this is going to end, but let's see what the Wall Street Journal reports. 
Then we're going to talk about the news you guys don't want to hear, but gas prices are already up and there's fears about what might happen with the US dollar. Ethereum has hit $4,200 just about. I mean, this is nuts. Following SNL, Dogecoin went down briefly and then people started buying up the dip. It's not as high as it was from the rumors. I don't think Dogecoin is going down and I'm not the, I'm not trying to claim that Dogecoin is the future jokingly. But the, the reason I bring this up is the, the results of this pipeline attack are likely, in, in my opinion, to exacerbate the problems of the economy we're already seeing. The mass printing of money is, is you, you, the bill comes due. You keep printing money. It has to be paid for somewhere. The Wall Street Journal reports Colonial Pipeline carries for roughly 45% of gasoline and diesel fuel consumed on the East Coast. They say the main pipeline carrying gasoline and diesel fuel to the U.S. East Coast was shut down by its operator after being hit with a cyber attack. The Colonial Pipeline company, company operates the 5,500-mile Colonial Pipeline system, taking fuel from the refineries of the Gulf Coast to the New York metro area. It said it learned Friday that it was the victim of the attack and took certain systems offline to contain the threat, which has temporarily halted all pipeline operations. Take a look at how massive this is. This goes from Houston through Baton Rouge, through Birmingham to Atlanta. I believe it splits off. You get Nashville. So Nashville's being impacted. Charlotte, Greensboro, Norfolk, Linden, and, and, and everything in between, mind you. This is, this is huge. The outage isn't expected to have a significant impact on fuel markets unless the pipeline remains shut down for several days, analysts said. And so far, it has been. This, is, this has been going on since Friday. In an update Saturday afternoon, the company said it has found that the cyber attack on Colonial involved ransomware, a type of code that attempts to seize computer systems and demand payment from the victim to have the item unlocked. Two people briefed on the probe said that the attack appeared to be limited to information systems that hadn't infiltrated operational control systems, but cautioned the investigation was in its early stages. It is very, very easy to spread ransomware. Let me tell you guys, you want to know how scary this is? A very common attack vector is just putting a virus on like a USB stick and chucking it on the ground. And, that, and that's it, because people are dumb. If you ever find a memory card, a disc, a CD, I don't care what it is, do not put it in your computer, destroy it and throw it away. If anyone ever sends you one, destroy it. Do not use it. I have seen people, they're like, there'll be buckets of USBs and like companies will be like, we're giving out free memory drives. I'm like, you're nuts. If it ain't in the package, I would not use it. And even then, who knows? You got to be very, very careful. They're going to say, the company has said it engaged a third party cybersecurity firm to help with the issue, which affected some of its IT systems and had contacted federal agencies and law enforcement. FireEye Inc., a U.S.-based cybersecurity firm, is investigating the attack, according to people familiar with the matter. The Federal Bureau of Investigation and the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, which worked with critical infrastructure companies and cyber defense, didn't immediately respond to requests for comment. Can I just point out how, how much of our resources at the FBI are being used because some morons tried breaking into the Capitol building? I get it. Not a good thing. You can say it 50 million times. But they're going after hundreds of people at this point. I wonder if we are too stupid a country to deal with our actual critical infrastructure. Apparently, that seems to be the case. Cyber, I, I remember maybe like seven years ago, I went to DEF CON and Black Hat Hacker conventions, and I got, there were demonstrations on how to do these kinds of things. They were, they were, they were hackers at these conventions warning industrial control systems, refineries, pipelines can be easily hacked. 
So what have we been doing? Well, I know that we're spending a lot of our resources tracking down the, 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 the loonies that tried breaking into the, the, the Capitol building and even the bumbling dotards who, who walked in confused. I know the FBI raided the wrong woman's home, according to Anchorage Daily News, at least based on photos. It appears to be the wrong woman's home. But I'm glad they're doing something, right? Meanwhile, our critical infrastructure is being attacked. These are, these are maybe this is the way it's always been, you know? Maybe politics always came first. I, I don't understand how the U.S. has maintained its uh, superpower status, if that would be the case. They say it wasn't clear whether the attack was perpetrated by a nation state actor or criminal actor. Attributing cyber attacks is difficult and can often take months or longer. I do believe now they're saying they think it is a criminal group, not a state. Wall Street Journal goes on to say the Colonial Pipeline is the largest refined products pipeline in the U.S., transporting more than 100 million gallons a day or roughly 45% of fuel consumed on the East Coast. Quote, at this time, our primary focus is the safe and efficient restoration of our service and our efforts to return to normal operation, the company said in a statement. This process is already underway, and we are working diligently to address this matter and to minimize disruption to our customers. Colonial spokeswoman Kelsey Tweed said the company didn't have any have further details to provide at this time. In, uh, inventories of gasoline have been readied for the summer driving season and usually get replenished every five to six days. But if the pipeline rem- remains offline for days, shortages at terminals that receive fuel in the southeastern U.S. and Atlantic coast markets could begin to affect retail stations and consumers, said Andy LaPau, president of consulting firm LaPau Oil Associates in Houston. It's similar to a hurricane event where the pipeline gets shut down. So if it's a day or two, then the impact will be mitigated. The fuel's artery is critical to supplying the northeastern U.S. and other markets, and extended shutdowns of the pipeline have caused fuel prices to jump. Fuel prices rose in 2016 following a colonial pipeline leak in Alabama that closed the conduit, as they did in 2008 when Hurricane Ike smashed into the Gulf Coast. It is also among the many aging U.S. pipelines that were built before 1970, having started full operations in 1964. I'd like to just give a shout out to our good friends over at the Green New Deal, the people like Greta Thunberg, who are saying that we need to effectively ban all fossil fuels by next year. She said, we will not wait till 2030 or even 2022. It must be done now. Do you see what's happening when one of our pipeline goes down? Pipelines goes down. I'm not a big fan of relying on ancient technology. I'm not a big fan of, of using oil or, you know, petroleum, whatever. But there's a problem. You see, we are addicted in the sense that we built a civilization with billions of people off of petroleum. And now we are at the point where if we just stop, people will suffer and die. It's a very, very difficult philosophical and ethical ethical conundrum. So I can only point out whatever your opinion is on climate change or whatever, just know that the solutions proposed by the left, the immediate ones, and not every leftist, just people like Greta Thunberg, would result in the death of millions and mass suffering. I don't know what you do. I, I personally think we should be getting away from these technologies because they're vulnerable. Nuclear energy seems to be fantastic and hopefully fusion at some point. But we're always, what, 20 years away from fusion for now. It may be that we are stuck reliant on these, these uh, fossil fuels. We may want to start focusing on alternate sources of energy, notably nuclear probably seems to be the best. The challenge right now is weaning ourselves off of it, but still relying on it because it is an emergency source. Look, I got I got an electric car. All right. I got a Tesla. I do 
for this reason, because I'm worried about what's happening with economic instability, rising gas prices. So I was like, I'm going to I'm going to make that investment and get that electric car. Now, the electricity is still made by mostly fossil fuel. Some of it, it does come a decent amount uh, comes from renewables or other sources. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or give them a call at 877-646-5347. Again, that number is 877-646-5347. But in the event the power goes out, I've been advised to get a diesel generator. And I find that very, very funny. I'm like, so I need to get a diesel generator, fossil fuels in a big tank from my house so that when my car can't charge, I turn the gas on to charge my car. You see how that works? Now, I'm, I'm not saying it's bad to have an electric car. It's still good. But a lot of the energy is still being produced by fossil fuels. And the point I'm trying to make is that even if we do switch to renewables, we have to have high energy alternatives, probably diesel fuel, probably petroleum based fuels. So when we can see like wind turbine damage or no wind, if nuclear is forced to be shut down, we need backups. But you know what? Maybe that's the, maybe that's the best of both worlds. We have fossil fuel on standby. We use it to a certain degree to maintain the infrastructure. And then we crank up the knob when power goes out in other areas. I don't know. What I do know is that gas prices are already set to to increase. Uh, Gas prices set to rise after pipeline cyber attack when they already were up. Check this out. This is from uh, just today. Average price of gas jumps again. Here's where we compare to last year. The average U.S. price of regular grade gasoline jumped six cents to three dollars and two cents per gallon. They say, I I believe, yes, the price of the pump is a dollar and five cents higher than it was a year ago. Now, I remember back in the 2000s or whatever, wasn't it like four or five bucks a gallon some places? In Chicago, I remember seeing two bucks a gallon in the early 2000s and then later on seeing it jump. So it's going up. The price of gas is going to be a smack in the face to everybody. When gas goes up, everything else has to go up. Transporting these goods, shipping costs have to go up. People driving to work, got to pay them more money. The basic, the basic bits of energy that people are, that, that are required to do the jobs has to go up. Now, I think what's re- it's really fascinating about gas prices and food and everything is that people talk about how automation is going to save the world. It's going to make it so that people don't have to work. You realize automation still requires energy. It doesn't necessarily reduce the energy costs. It may in many capacities, 
But people still need to consume things. People still need to maintain these systems. And the same amount of energy is probably going to be consumed. We can make things more and more efficient for sure. But humans will continue to consume energy and expend it. So if, is, even if, even if you're having, I, I suppose people could eat a lot less if they're doing a lot less work. We could, we could make more efficient machines. But the reality is any one of these climate change people, the, 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 the climate crisis, you know, activists like Greta Thunberg, there, no matter what, their solution has to be less human beings. That's, that's really it. And I wonder what that means moving forward, other than either they can never do anything or they'll advocate. I mean, they've literally advocated not having kids because of the environment. That's one thing they've been saying. You can't have kids because of climate change. We'll see. But how's this going to affect you? It's going to make everything cost more money at a time when they're already paying $16 an hour in unemployment. Incentives to dramatically reduce consumption, whether intentional or not. The Hill reports gas prices are expected to rise following a ransomware attack targeting Colonial Pipeline last week. Reuters and the Associated Press noted that gas prices were already up nationwide by an average of six cents per gallon over the past two weeks. If the interruption persists, we will see more regional impacts than nationwide in terms of supply and prices. The South, Southeast, Maryland, and Mississippi to Georgia will likely see gas prices increase first. Now, most of you probably know I am in Maryland, but not on the coast. I'm in actually, I'm actually just between West Virginia and Maryland. West Virginia is not included in the, in the emergency. The shorter the pipeline shutdown, the better news for motorists. Other experts told the news service the pipeline shutdown could affect airports in the southeast should it last for more than a few days. Colonial Pipeline Company said in a statement last week that has been taking steps. So, so we, we get it at this point. This shutdown, the extended lockdowns, now the oil pipeline being shut down, um, unemployment at $16 an hour. All of this is going to cause inflation. And it's going to reduce consumption, which in turn will probably still result in more inflation. As you probably know, because I've talked about it last week, uh, we're dealing with a crisis in this country that Joe Biden wants to give people more money to be on unemployment. The plan is to give people a $300 bonus to extend what already exists. And this means that on average, people will be getting $16 an hour to not work. We're seeing viral photos and videos of fast food restaurants saying, sorry, Nobody wants to work here. You know what? It's problematic in some sense, but it ain't all that bad, I suppose. Um, it's probably like 99% bad, but the 1% good is like, at least people ain't eating McDonald's. You know what I mean? But ultimately, I think the incentive here that is being produced, whether intentional or not, some might have their opinions on whether it is or isn't, is that no one's going to want to work these low tier consumption jobs. There was one article, I think it was from Vice. I'm not sure. Or no, no, I think it was the Washington Post where they said, they interviewed these young people who are like, I would rather live in a van than get a job at McDonald's. I'm already getting unemployment. I'd rather just save it and live in a van. Why would you take a $15 an hour job working full time if you're getting $16 an hour to not work? You see how this works? You get more money not to work, but it's more than that. Imagine McDonald's says, okay, we'll give you 17 an hour. Then basically you're saying, you'll give me a dollar an hour to work full time. It's not worth it. 18, not worth it. You'd have to give someone like 40 or 50 bucks an hour to make it worth their while because they're getting money for nothing at this point. Everything was shut down so they can just sit around playing video games. They don't have anything to worry about. Perhaps that's something the climate change people are happy 
happy about whether they say it or not. It means people are going out to fast food less. They're probably eating at home more. They're probably thinking, you know what? I don't have that much money, so I'm not going to waste it. They're spending less. They're living in vans. They're reducing their consumption. I think the reduction in consumption is a really good thing. I mean, think about it. Conservatives and rural people, for the most part, you live out in the middle of nowhere. Consumption is a lot lower. It's these city people that have been consuming in mass, wasting money and resources, doing very little work. And I got to be honest, they're all Democrats for the most part, living in these big cities in, in grandeur. Oh, well, actually, I did that back. You know, living in cities that smell like sour milk and giant cubicles, but pretending that they live in grandeur, like in capital city. Ultimately, I see what's happening. And I think the worst of it is really just slamming the cities. I don't know how much I should care. Um, because people need to be personally responsible for their own safety, for their own resources. And people out in the middle of nowhere, I mean, the, the lockdowns haven't really affected them all that much. Many of the rural states have remained open because, well, I don't really have any neighbors. You know, I can walk outside. I'm not going to see a human being. You know what I mean? Now, this gas shortage is serious, though. It means it, an economy that's already being slammed with escalating lumber prices and steel prices, labor, uh, labor shortages at a time when there's mass openings and people on unemployment. It's already tough. Now you're going to add, not, not, not put it this way, you want to build a house. They're going to say, okay, well, lumber is up 250 to 600%. All right, well, let's buy it. I'm sorry. Now transport's going to be up because this pipeline shut down. I think, I think I see where this is going. This is going great reset territory, my friends. Again, whether intentional or not, I'm not making a, 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 an assessment on that. But I'll tell you, where we end up, more people moving to the country, more people going out less. Hopefully people grow gardens more. I'm kind of okay with that. I mean, that's, that, that, that's opening a window, right? Like how many conservatives would love to just see these big city liberals have to learn how to chop wood and like actually grow their own food and be responsible for their own lives instead of consistently asking the government to do it for them? What we're learning now with these shutdowns, with the pandemic, with the escalation of prices, government can't do anything apparently. They're flipping and flopping and everything's falling apart. And in the end, if you relied on them, you're not going to be too happy about it. One of these days, the employment's going to stop coming, I guess. And then what do you do? You're going to rely on the government the entire time to take care of you? Eventually, people are going to say no, and you're going to be in a big city, and you're going to hate it. Like, I know people who are in New York, and a lot of people are saying, it's like, eh, you know, it's whatever. Depends on who you ask, I suppose. A lot of people are saying the stores are closed. You know, there's the crime is skyrocketing. It's not, it's not a, a, a fun situation now for people who are still in the big cities. For people in the country, for me... I haven't really noticed anything. So I was in the Philadelphia area. And then uh, a few months in, because of the, the escalation of the riots, we were like, well, we were planning on, you know, relocating at some point, setting up a new studio. Let's just go down there now in the big empty building and just get away from the cities. You know, we don't want to be around. Everything was, was shut down. A lot of other people, like my neighbors had left. We hadn't seen them for, for, for months. And then uh, we went out to the country. And now trees, mountains, clouds, Beautiful. Go out to the range. No issues. You can go outside. Uh, there's no mask mandates out here. People in cities, man, it's probably been really, really bad. It's crazy to see these videos in New York where people are driving around. There's no traffic. I wonder, because people mentioned the Great Reset. The Great Reset said that COVID was an opportunity to reset the global economy towards like stakeholder or whatever. Certainly sounds like many Democrats are exploiting these situations. And this is, this is the worrying thing. You know, because a, a question I asked of Alex Jones, what if they're right? What if the planet is being eaten alive? What if we're like yeast farting ourselves to death? And, you know, there needs to be some kind of reset. 
And Alex said, you're right. You know, I've, I've asked myself this question uh, a million times. And the issue is, do you trust the global elites who buy beachfront property or do you believe in individual liberties? And therein lies the big challenge. I would prefer if people weren't wasting food. I would prefer it if people weren't driving around wasting gas. I would prefer it if people replaced their lawns with gardens and grew, grew at least some of their own food and had backyard chickens. But people don't want to do that. Now we have this great reset thing happening. I wonder if it's exploitation by the political ideologues who are like, sit back, let it crumble because people got to be responsible for themselves. And I'm kind of like, well, they should be. But do we believe in individual liberties? And that's the interesting point in all of this. In the end, I don't think conservatives are, are going to be the ones who are hurting on this. I really, really don't. I think people out in the country are much better adapted, people in rural areas and even suburban areas, much better adapted to figuring things out on their own than people who live in these big cities and many of them in the suburbs. People who live in rural areas are probably like, whatever. I think it's funny, like we, uh, I caught a groundhog the other day on accident and, uh, you know, people were like, take him out back and get the 410. And I'm like... <sighs> That's country life. But people who live out here understand what you got to do to take care of yourself, your family and survive and protect the environment. People in cities don't. So who's really suffering from all of this? It's the city folk. It's the Democrats. It, check, check this out. Look at this tweet. Here's this guy, Deontay Hitchcock, verified Twitter user. I'm not sure who he is, but he just said, I'm ready to vote again, showing his more than four dollars, uh, four dollars a gallon gasoline. And he's like, yo, Biden, like what is going on, man? Well, y'all voted for that. That's funny, right? It's funny, the conservatives who wanted Trump, meanwhile, Trump was going to help the people in the cities. Now, sure, things are bad for a lot of people, but I'm pretty confident the conservatives are going to be fine. It's like, oh, no, they're going to defund the police. I don't think conservatives, I think conservatives defend the police department. I disagree with it at this point because we see what they're doing defending Antifa. But I think if you're a conservative, you might defend the cops. However, I'm also confident you're, you're probably confident you'll make it with no cops, especially in rural areas. So who's really getting hit by all of this? Biden voters, man. It's what they voted for. All right. Well, I guess warning them was pointless. Telling people over and over again, don't do this. Now I got, I got people who are Biden voters being like, yo, I'm in serious trouble. I need help. Can you hook me up? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you get what you pay for, I guess, or you get what you vote for. Anyway, now I, I hope everyone's all right. I hope this doesn't, I hope the, the pipeline uh, doesn't cause serious crisis for people and no, I do think conservatives are going to be hit by gas prices. It'll be bad. But I, I am, I got to say, if, I, if, if you put a conservative and a liberal in the middle of the woods, we both know who's going to make it and who's going to be begging for help. On average, I mean, I'm sure there's some liberals who understand, uh, I, I shouldn't, shouldn't even say liberals, but like city dweller Democrats. I think even like, it's funny, you could even imagine the worst of the worst, like your stereotypical redneck Confederate flag wearing big fat you know, a Southern Republican type guy. And he'd probably still know how to survive in the woods better than, a, than, a, than someone from the city. No joke. He'd probably be like, that's how you catch that there possum. Mm, good eating. The most, the, the worst, most stereotypical, you know, Southern redneck. They're going to know how to, how to, how to, how to get by. People in the city are going to be like, where do I, where, where's Subway? Where's, where's Jimmy John's? Like, how do I eat? How do I start a fire? I wouldn't be surprised. But I hope, I hope everyone's okay from this. So uh, stick around. Got more news coming up uh, next video is at 1 p.m. on this channel. And I will see you all then. Elon Musk appeared on Saturday Night Live. And it was the first time I watched Saturday Night Live in like a decade or something. And uh, I'm a big fan of Elon Musk. Why? Uh, he's a smart dude who does fun stuff. I once tweeted at Elon as a joke. 
Why aren't why haven't you built an Iron Man suit yet? And Elon responded, working on Starship. And that's awesome. That's exactly it. Elon is far from a perfect guy. He's he's done questionable business things many times. He's tweeted pretty dumb stuff. But who amongst us has not also been a human being doing dumb things and making mistakes? Elon has a has good fun with it. He should be criticized heavily for the things he's done wrong. But he's a guy. He builds spaceships. I'm glad that someone is trying to inspire people to do cool stuff. I'm glad that he's working on electric cars and trying to just he's making cool stuff. We need people who do inspirational things to make us strive to be better. Looking towards Mars and the stars, I'm grateful that we have an industrialist who's actually doing this. Well, Elon Musk decided to appear on Saturday Saturday Night Live, and of course, the woke outrage was palpable. People were saying that, you know, he's a bigot and he was a Trump supporter and blah, blah, blah. There were these articles about how SNL cast members were going to be allowed to not participate in sketches as if they really all cared that much. Well, the ratings are in, baby. and The ratings are huge. Obviously, if someone like myself or you were willing to watch SNL, we knew the ratings were going to be good. And I got to tell you this. What an awful show. <laughs> SNL may be one of the worst things I have ever seen. Elon was cool, though. Elon isn't a comedian. I did not expect him to be the funniest guy ever, but I enjoyed. I was entertained by seeing Elon Musk have a good time and say silly things. That was about it. That's all I really want. Now, SNL tries to play in the political arena sometimes. Like they did a joke about a white nationalist blog. Ha ha, it was Donald Trump the whole time. I'm like, that's just so dumb. They call Joe Biden a wax figure, and I'm like, eh, you know, okay, I guess as long as they're making fun of both, I guess. But it wasn't a good joke. Neither were. The show was awful. But nonetheless, we can see the ratings are doing really well, and we have a lot of opinions. Surprise, surprise, Dave Chappelle is cool, funny, and reasonable, and said no one is woke enough. No one, no one is woke enough. There's always going to be a complaint. And we actually have this, ladies and gentlemen, from CNN. Elon Musk's big mistake. He didn't apologize for his bigoted comments. Okay. I have some reviews from the uh, woke left I'd love to to show you because it's just, it's going to be fun to make fun of how crazy everyone is. SNL recap from The Gothamist. Elon Musk was the most cringy host of SNL in years. Actually, no, he wasn't. I know he's not a comedian. I had fun watching him do stupid things. It was hilarious. You know what's cringy? SNL is cringy. The whole show is cringe. I don't know how people watch this. But I guess we're the deviants who don't understand the mainstream, normie, uninitiated, traditional libs or whatever that believe the stupidest, crazy conspiracies about Trump and Russia. And they love watching this nonsense. Apparently, the Big Bang Theory gets tons of ratings. Not for me. What do we do about it? I don't know, but I'm willing to watch Elon Musk on SNL or whatever, I guess. Check this out. I'll show you the ratings real quick. I really want to read you the criticisms because it's 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 listen, the ratings are through the roof. Take your criticisms and go flush them down the toilet. They say a contingent of Elon Musk's legions of fans tuned in to watch the, the hugely popular and controversial billionaire tech inventor and entrepreneur make his debut as a host of SNL. Last night's telecast hosted by Musk with Miley Cyrus drew a 4.7 household live and same day rating in the 44 metered local markets and a 2.7 in the key demo 18 to 49. 
That was up sharply from the most recent SNL from April 10th with Carrie Mulligan and musical, musical guest Kid, Kid Cudi, which got a 3.6 in overnight households. So this is like a 30 some odd percent increase in viewership. It's exactly why SNL did it. And I'll tell you this. I don't spend all that much time thinking about Elon Musk or Donald Trump, for that matter. I'm focused on bigger things, I guess, the Democratic Party and the Republican parties as a whole, the current state of the economy, the inflation, I don't know, a massive cyber attack on U.S. critical infrastructure. But there are people who work in media who have no choice. This is their desperate play. Now, first, I want to show you this op-ed from CNN. I want to read this op-ed from CNN a little bit. And then I want to show you what, what Dave Chappelle had to say, because it should be no. It should be a surprise to know that Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan are actually reasonable individuals with opinions worth listening to. It's funny, right? They're comedians. We're told not to listen to them, and then they have the reasonable, normal approach to these things. Here's what CNN published in their op-ed section. They say, SNL and billionaire Elon Musk appear to have gotten what they wanted from each other with Musk's appearance, but the price of this bargain was that SNL helped Musk whitewash his horribly irresponsible comments downplaying the risks of COVID-19 and his insensitive remarks about the transgender community. For SNL, like all long-running TV shows, it's all about ratings and relevancy. By Sunday afternoon, there were more than 3 million views of Musk's monologue on YouTube, and early ratings showed a big win on the audience front. For Musk, the apparent goal was to make himself likable. To those who know him only as a Tesla guy, I, I I, I gotta stop here. I don't think Elon Musk is all that complicated. I think he's just a guy who's doing things. He's smart, smart enough to make tons of money and then use that money to do things I think are cool. Not all the things he has done are cool. I think he was heavily involved in PayPal and, and other big com- big corporations. It's I, I, big fintech stuff I don't care about. Building a starship, that's awesome. Sending it up to a high altitude test and landing it just this past week, amazing. People on the left don't seem to realize that our lives have been dramatically improved by the space race. A lot of technologies were developed for space technology to go to the moon, to build satellites, and then it be, it comes down, it trickles down to everybody else. Uh, you can argue about trickle-down economics, but we can certainly talk about trickle-down scientific developments. I mean, that stuff actually happens. So good for Elon. They're going to say, if you watch his monologue in a vacuum, Musk did come across likable and funny. He also candidly acknowledged he had Asperger's, an autism spectrum disorder. Uh, They say Musk even brought his mother on stage. The most astounding part is that during the show's monologue, Musk actually had the perfect moment to show he had the strength required to apologize. Musk stated mid-speech, look, I know I sometimes post or say strange things, but that's just how my brain works. Did he then note it was wrong to undermine the risks of COVID or voices ridicule about using pronouns? Oh, geez. Here we go. All right, you get the point. Comedian Dave is from the New York Post. Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan speculated that woke culture sparked the early backlash to Elon Musk hosting SNL. Chappelle sat for over three hours with Joe Rogan on Friday. Rogan speculated that people felt Musk was problematic because of his comments on COVID-19. No one is woke enough, Rogan said. They don't. They can't appreciate the fact that you're dealing with literally one of the most brilliant men that's ever lived that's going to come to your show, he went on. Chappelle, puffing on a cigarette for much of the interview, found the reaction to Musk puzzling. And didn't know what sparked criticism of the pick. Again, like you, you, you say, no one can be woke enough, Chappelle said. I'm torn because I like a warrior for a good cause, but I'm really into tactics. You're not going to nag people into behaving in a way that's in fact, you, if you continue with this tone, even if you're right, you'll be very hard to hear. 
The interview was recorded before Musk's appearance. This we understand. And uh, that's about it. Just a comment from Joe and, and Dave. Actual funny people. All right. Now let's think for a second. Joe Rogan, funny guy. Dave Chappelle, funny guy. SNL, not a funny show. So I started wondering, you know, why is it that SNL is not funny? Well, maybe it's just that regular people don't know or care and require laugh tracks. Yeah, seriously, think about that. Maybe the culture war is not left versus right. Maybe it's people who need laugh tracks versus people who don't. Is that it? Is that, is that how you define what an NPC is? This might be the easiest test. Turn on the Big Bang Theory in front of someone and see how they react. If they sit there and laugh, you got a problem. I don't know if y'all are Big Bang Theory fans, but sorry, I'm not, I'm not going to apologize for my statements. I've watched that show. It's like, you know, I'll put on Family Guy. Family Guy is dumb gag sketch humor. There's no laugh track, though. And so sometimes you laugh and sometimes you don't. It's topical. It's not the greatest show in the world. It's not the funniest show in the world. But, you know, get a chuckle here and there, right? I like Family Guy. I like making references. They're cultural references. So Big Bang Theory comes on after it. And it's like some dude will walk in and be like, did you get the car washed? And then and you'll hear laughing. Ha, ha, ha. And I'm like, why, why, are they, why are they laughing? He just asked me. And then there'll be a pause. And he'll be like, the heat death of the universe is in 13 trillion years. And you think I'm worried about washing my car? And then they'll all laugh again. And I'm like, what? I don't know when the heat of the universe is supposed to be. But the point is, is that a joke? It's just a guy who said a thing that didn't make sense as a non sequitur. I guess some people find it funny. Or more importantly, it's like, you ever watch King of the Hill? There's an episode where Bobby is, uh, he's going to do the, the morning announcements and he makes jokes and then nobody cares. So Peggy tells him to bang a cowbell so that people know when they're supposed to laugh and they will. And I'm like, is that how people actually work in this? Yeah, it is. So then she joins him and he says a joke and then she bangs the cowbell and then everyone laughs because they just want to be told when to laugh. Man, that kind of, that kind of freaks me out. But that's probably what SNL is. Live studio audience. They say something that's not funny. Everybody laughs. And I'm like, would I be laughing if I was sitting there? I kind of don't think so. I've, I've, I've not been to many comedy shows. I went to one where Dave Rubin did stand up. And I laughed and a lot of people did. And I didn't laugh at everything. I went with one. I went to a Dave. Uh, I'm sorry, a Joe Rogan show. And I laughed a lot. Not at everything, but I laughed a lot. I got to tell you, the time I laughed harder than I've ever laughed was Jonathan Pye and Andrew Doyle. That was just mind blowingly hilarious. I was in pain. It was so funny. No joke. And Andrew Doyle, as you know, he, he, he runs Titanium McGrath, the, the, the faux woke Twitter account, the parody. It's hilarious. My, I, was, I was seriously in pain, like trying not to laugh. They, those guys were incredible. I turn on SNL and I'm just like, are these jokes? Are these, are these seriously jokes? Check this out. <laughs> Let me show you this. SNL recap. Elon Musk was the most cringy host of SNL. No, 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 no. You, you know why that's wrong? Because watching Elon Musk <laughs> dressed as Wario was funny enough for me. Okay, here's the guy who's trying to go to Mars, having a good time. Remember when Elon Musk went on Joe Rogan and he smoked a doobie or whatever you kids call it these days? That was also funny. It's funny because it's like he's, he's a guy who's not normally in the situations and you're watching him do silly things. It's not, it's not, the, the joke is being on SNL. That was the joke itself. I'm entertained by that. 
It's not the funniest thing I've ever seen, but it's funny to see Elon Musk dressed like Wario. I can respect SNL for the absurdist humor. Like, we're going to get Elon Musk. We're going to dress him up, dress him up like Wario. The skit itself was really dumb. But, you know, the spectacle was worth watching and I was entertained. But it's just because it's Elon Musk. The jokes didn't work. The sketches didn't work. They weren't funny. There was no saving grace for this show. Apparently, a lot of people really like it still, I guess. Whatever they're like, people are saying murder dirter was really good. So there was this bit where it was like in Pennsylvania, people talk like this. And it's a it's a mystery show or a crime show or something. And it was called murder dirter. And I'm like, I guess if I knew people from Pennsylvania who talked like that, I might understand the reference. But for me, it was just people speaking gibberish. And I didn't know what the joke was. I was like, is it is that the joke? Is the joke the show? Some people laughed. And you know what? Here's what I'm saying. You're allowed to like things, okay? If you like the Big Bang Theory, you're, you're allowed to like the Big Bang Theory. I just don't like the Big Bang Theory. You're allowed to like SNL. I didn't. So I guess the people who like the Big Bang Theory and SNL didn't like Elon Musk because he's not a comedian. Maybe that's it. Maybe they were expecting your typical, like, look, what is this one? They got one. Uh, did they have, oh, yeah, the Uli show. Now, I want to tell you, I think it's the Gothamist. They, they have the greatest, uh, the, the, the greatest point made. Um, actually, no, I don't think it was. Who, who wrote this one? There's a, there's a really good, maybe it's uh, The Ringer. Here we go. This is it. TheRinger.com made one of the, the most intelligent points I have seen following the uh, Elon Musk episode. Check this out. They say Saturday Night Live is at a post-Trump crossroads. In Elon Musk, SNL got another business tycoon to distract its viewers while it figures out what to do next. It's actually a really good assessment. They made fun of Joe Biden weekly. They call like like very timidly, tepidly, and they called Donald Trump a white nationalist. And I'm like, I roll my eyes like, dude, shut up. It's not news. I don't care. In their weekend update, they're like, white nationalist starts right publishing manifestos. And I was like, why would that be news at all for any reason? And then they're like, sorry, the actual headline is Donald Trump posts microblog. I don't care. Do people care? I guess. No, they're at, they're, they're at a crossroads. Takes out. Quote, what is this? People really watch this show or the line came from Kate McKinnon. In character as Francis McDormand, the Oscar winner typically no nonsense in an appearance on a fictional Icelandic talk show. But it also summed up the sentiments of many viewers, some of whom tuned into Saturday Night Live for the first and perhaps only time to check out the comedic stylings of Elon Musk. They also mentioned for the first time they did a, they did a YouTube live stream. They found an episode that was predictably awkward and often bad, if not exceptionally so. Though you wouldn't know that if you weren't accustomed to watching live sketch comedy week after week. The Uli Show. What was the joke here? Making fun of Iceland? Do pe- are people familiar with what Iceland is? Did you guys watch this? Okay, for some reason, there were like three sketches bringing up banging your cousin, which was the, I was like, they got to, what is, what is SNL doing with this? Where they're doing like these cousin banging sketches. Cause in Iceland, there actually is an app to make sure that the person you're dating isn't your cousin because it's a small island nation with many volcanoes. And a lot of it smells like farts. I mean that not disrespectfully It's a lot of sulfuric activity. And so you drive around, you're like, smells like farts. Did they even make the fart joke? Plus, Iceland has a penis museum. They didn't make a penis museum joke. Maybe they didn't. I missed it. I don't know. The show was just like strange foreign woman hosts show. That was it. Now, Elon Musk was funny in it because he was a weird guy in a costume. And the joke isn't the sketch. 
what I find, what I, what I laughed at when I watched this was just seeing Elon Musk be silly. Honestly, if Elon Musk just put on strange costumes and did prop comedy, I'd probably enjoy that too because it's Elon Musk and it would only work probably one time. That's what they're trying to get out of this. But it is, it is really interesting to see. I don't know. They're, they're not jokes. What, what was I even talking about at this point? Anyway, they're going to say, the truth is that SNL is deeply flawed by design. When a TV show tasks itself with developing 90 minutes of new material in the space of six days, then performing it live while incorporating a new cast member, cast member it's a miracle when anything good comes of it, let alone an entire episode. But as a CEO of Tesla and SpaceX and one of the richest men in the world and non-comedian obsessed with comedy, Musk attracted a much larger audience than the masochists who watched in the faint hopes of catching papyrus or diner lobster in real time. I don't know what that is. That meant neophytes could see for themselves what's long been evident to regular viewers. SNL is at a crossroads and it has no idea where to go. And I'll tell you why. Or they mention it, actually. I mean, I mean, they say that the ratings are down across the board. Where, where do they, they, go, they go on to mention there's a ratings collapse. Trump's reelection loss has led to a collapse in ratings for the cable news outlets and that once thrived on the chaos. And while SNL remains the top rated broadcaster, it's nonetheless slipped in from its slipped from its early seasons. Trump's episode may have been widely rebuked, but it also earned a lot of eyeballs. And while Musk is reviled by some critics for union busting, COVID-19 denialism, misleading investors, meme plagiarism, baseless, <laughs> there's a lot of things to accuse him of. He's nowhere near Trump's level of disdain. While raw viewership is hardly in a death spiral, the flagging has also come with a creative sense of aimlessness. They're going to mention something really funny. Check this out. Say what you will about snatched, vaxxed, or waxed, or Chloe Finneman as Britney Spears, but they are, at the very least, comedic concepts. It's a good point. I agree. They say, which is more than you could say for Matt Damon's Brett Kavanaugh yelling his way through a shot-for-shot remake of the Justice's confirmation hearing. In the most telling reversal of all, the show doesn't even have a cast member assigned to take over Biden from Jim Carrey. SNL is trying things again, which is good, but it hasn't hit on anything as reliable as the Trump show that requires patience and entertainment as a rule is not a very patient industry. You know, I'll tell you, turn on CNN and they are grasping at straws. That's an understatement. They're grasping at the, the, the murky grime floating at the top of the pool. Not even, do you know what grasping at straws means? Like you're drowning. So you grab straws trying to stay afloat and ain't going to help you out. It's worse than that. It's just muck. They're like, I'm trying to grab anything and there's literally just slime. That's CNN. Trump is bad. Tucker Carlson's worse. Elon Musk, he should have apologized. Y'all got nothing left. You know, for me, I've always talked about politics and culture. So for someone who talks about politics and culture, who has always been fairly anti-establishment, or at least for the most part, since I started my my media career back in, you know, like 2011, I've always been anti-establishment, critical of massive corporations. And I've always been that way uh, myself. I've always been you know, critical of big government intrusions and massive multinational corporations. And to varying degrees, you know, my opinions have changed, of course. But for CNN, that once complained that Fox News was state run media, now they're bringing on all of these like, you know, former government actors and agents. It's like you are exactly what you described. It doesn't work. SNL was was playing the political game because it was pop culture. The problem is SNL is supposed to be the stupid Uli show show. I don't know what the Uli show was supposed to be. I don't know who pitched it or why they thought it was funny. I come up with with funnier concepts like on the toilet than SNL comes up with with all of these highly paid comedians. There are a lot of comedians that you know and I know should be on SNL. And I have to wonder about it. 
Just think about any one of these up and coming stars. I'm not going to name anybody you see on Twitter and you wonder why it is they aren't on SNL. Maybe they can't afford them. Or maybe it's kind of obvious. SNL doesn't know what to do because you've got woke outrage, cancel culture. And if they bring on someone who's actually edgy and funny, like Dave Chappelle, it's not going to be good for them. Now, they can bring on Dave Chappelle, of course, but I'm saying someone like him. Dave Chappelle can make these jokes and get away with it. Joe Rogan can make these jokes and get away with it. But heaven forbid you get a new up and coming comedian who will say something. The woke left will tear him apart and SNL will bend the knee. Thus, SNL can't recover from this. Not like they ever could, I guess, but whatever. Elon Musk is funny because Elon Musk was being funny and he's not normally a funny guy. It's fun to watch people do things they don't normally do. We launched a vlog, youtube.com slash castcastle. Check it out. A lot of people like it because you're watching me and my friends do things we don't normally do. That's what it's all about, I guess. SNL, not good, but hey, I guess people who like it will keep watching it and it doesn't matter. So I'll leave it there. Props to Musk. Thanks for hanging out. And I will see you all at 4 p.m. at youtube.com slash timcast. This past weekend, a video went viral and it shocked conservatives. It showed Black Lives Matter protesters shutting down a major thoroughfare. And when a man got out angry, demanding these people move and confronted him, the police came to the defense of those breaking the law. A lot of people were shocked. Why would the cop allow them to do this? Now, recently, we've seen many states pass anti-riot laws and the media claims they're anti-protest laws. Many of these states are upping the criminal penalty for blocking streets, my opinion. Well, in Florida, they made it a felony. I don't think it should be a felony. I think it should just be enforced, but it's not being enforced. Therein lies the big problem. Even when the police do arrest Antifa, the DAs cut them loose. And now we are seeing many more instances where the police won't even arrest those breaking the law. In fact, they will defend them. It happened in Portland. It happened now to the shock of many conservatives in Texas, of all places. There's another viral video that was really making people kind of angry. It showed more Black Lives Matter Antifa leftists, this time in, I believe it was Portland, blocking streets and patrolling with rifles. And when a man demanded they move, they drew down on him. He drew his weapon. They beat him, injured him, damaged a couple of his vertebrae. This man is... Look, the, the, the people are not being arrested who did this. And again, we're learning that the majority of those who were arrested during the riots were cut loose. It's interesting that conservatives have been very much supporting of police, believing in the institution. But because at the political level, Democrats are in control of the prosecution and many of these local governments, what's happening is cops arrest people. They say, oh, we're being neutral. And then it's conservatives who end up going to jail. A story came out recently that many of those arrested in Washington, D.C. for the Capitol riot are in solitary confinement, facing cruel and unusual punishment or being given massive bail numbers they can't possibly pay. Meanwhile, across the country, for a variety of reasons, Antifa being cut loose. I suppose the most shocking instance or the circumstance is that we are now seeing this story out of Texas viewed more than one million times. And it's probably because people are starting to realize people on the right the cops won't even arrest the Antifa types. And I said this would happen. How many times now? Eventually, we'll come to a point where we will see Black Lives Matter or Antifa or other far left groups protesting at your own home. And if you try in any way to defend yourself, the police will come and arrest you. And we'll eventually get to the point where the cops just arrest you outright. Why? 
It's easier to arrest one person than a mob. Just take a look at what's happening in many of these other countries. In Canada, for instance, a pastor has, has been arrested. In the UK, they barred people from hugging and kissing, and the cops have no problem arresting you. There was another viral video where a man gave a hug to a person, just I, be, I believe this was last year, and the cops actually arrested this person. I think, it's, I think it's fair to say we do need law enforcement. But when law enforcement is corrupted and can't discern between those breaking the law and those abiding by their First Amendment rights and Second Amendment rights, we have a very serious problem. And that problem is conservatives defending police who are putting them in prison and protecting the far left. At this point, when we've seen so many cops resign from their departments, I think it's fair to say that the majority of the good cops have already left. And what's left is going to be bad cops who will do whatever the political, the, the, their poli- the politicians' whims are. And that means if you're a conservative and you view yourself as a second-class citizen, as many conservatives have said, <laughs> don't be surprised when the cops come and arrest you too. But let's take a look at these stories and I'll show you. As crime is skyrocketing, what's the FBI focused on? Cyber attacks, shutting down gas pipelines? No, 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 no. Hate crimes, garage pull ropes. I'm not kidding. Here's the story from Newsweek. Video of a man confronting Black Lives Matter protesters at Texas intersection viewed over one million times. Maybe now we're seeing conservatives finally realize what's happening. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com. Click that big old members only button and you can sign up to become a member to help support my work in the event we get suspended or banned because it's entirely possible. But more importantly, because we have members only content in the members area that you can only get on TimCast.com. And we did this because as time goes on, there are things I'm not allowed to say on YouTube because they will ban my channel and they will shut us down. We've already received a warning because we had Alex Jones on the TimCast IRL podcast. Well, Instead of just sitting back and saying, we will not tell the truth. No, no, we're going to do everything we can to keep speaking on YouTube, but we're going to make sure we have stuff on TimCast.com so that we can actually talk about what's going on and bring you the truth. We're going to be expanding. We're adding a newsroom. We're doing more shows. We're going to do fiction content, scripted content. So please become a member. But don't forget to like, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Let's read the story from Newsweek. They say, A video of a man furiously confronting Black Lives Matter protesters in an intersection in Plano, Texas earlier this week has been viewed more than one million times. The video was taken during a protest on May 2nd to honor the life of Marvin Scott III, a 26-year-old black man who died in March while in police custody at a Texas jail. Last week, Scott's death was officially ruled a homicide. Now, again, for those that aren't familiar, that just means his death was the result of human action. Protesters on Sunday marched through Plano and Frisco, Texas, and at one point, some demonstrators stalled traffic while heading toward a Chick-fil-A parking lot, the Dallas Observer reported. At that time, video footage captured a tall white man storming at protesters while screaming obscenities. The man can be heard yelling, get the F out of my way, repeatedly at groups of protesters. He could also be seen approaching a younger black woman and swatting her phone out of her hand while screaming, get out of here. Now, I can say this right away. Don't do that. This guy should not be getting up in people's faces and swatting their hands, you know, their phones or shoving people. But where were the police? Where were anyone else? Where was anyone else who would stand up and demand these people move? Nowhere to be found. Just this one guy. They go on to say during the altercation, civil rights attorney Lee Merritt, a representative for the Scott family who was present during the demonstrations, can be seen calmly approaching the man, according to the Dallas Observer. In response, the man angrily shoved Merritt and put up his fists 
as if he was about to strike him. An officer present on the scene then stepped in to usher the man away. Meanwhile, the man could be heard cursing and pleading with the officer to get the protesters out of the road before finally leaving the scene. The man can be seen pointing at several demonstrators and screaming, you're an a-hole repeatedly. By Saturday, the video was viewed more than 1.1 million times. Now, what do you think the response from the left was? Outrage. Why? Why, did the, why didn't the police arrest this man? Well, I don't know. I mean, aren't you guys protesting the police? Why should they? But then the right has another question. Why didn't this officer clear the streets and allow people to carry on with their lives? You don't know what these people have to do. There could be medical emergencies. There could be family emergencies. For all we know, this guy's mom was in the hospital. No idea. I mean, we are still in a pandemic, right? Why didn't the cop do anything? Because why would he? At this point, the cops have left. At this point, these people know they can act with impunity and no one will do anything to stop them. Because even in, I, think, I believe it was Portland, when you had a guy confess to assaulting a federal officer, the charges were dropped. They say, Hava Johnston, a community advocate who was present during the altercation, told the Dallas Observer that she believes police treated the man favorably because he was white. The question is, why wasn't that guy treated the same way that a person of color would have been treated? You mean the protesters? who are openly breaking the law and have no penalties. Even when I said out of Florida that blocking a street shouldn't be a felony, I said they should be immediately arrested. Just not a felony charge. But that means if someone blocks the road, congratulations, that's civil disobedience. You get arrested for it. You get charged for it. In this instance, no. No, the cop told the guy to back off. The following day, a Twitter account called Official Justice for Marvin criticized the officer and noted that he never reached for his taser or weapon. Is that what they wanted? Yes, because they want to use the police for their own power. And they already have the political institutions and conservatives. Many of them, not all, have been cheering on the cops. Now, I will say what's interesting is to see so many conservatives respond to this. It seems the tide may be turning. Conservatives may be saying now, you know what? Why support the cops? I'd rather have the right to keep and bear arms. Isn't that preferable to this? Quote, ask him if a six foot five, 275, 275 pound black man had approached a group of white women, children and men. If that man would be alive right now, the tweet read, he would be. You are the agitators, those in the street blocking traffic and the cops didn't do anything about it. Newsweek contacted the Plano Police Department for an additional comment, but they did not hear back in time for publication. Over the past week, protesters have been staging nightly sit-ins at the county jail where Scott was killed, while other demonstrators have been taking to the streets to demand the arrest of eight officers involved in his death. And you know what? I don't know about Texas, but maybe these officers will actually get charged. And I, at this point, you know what? I have very little sympathy. We see what's happening across this country. If you're a cop, now I'll tell you what, what, what's, this is the escalation right here. Fox 12, Oregon. Man says crowd of Portland marchers surrounded him, assaulted him. Joe Hall has a long recovery ahead. He says, quote, I have a partially collapsed left lung, two lower vertebrae fractured on top of five broken ribs, a broken collarbone and head trauma. Hall spoke to Fox 12 from his legacy Emanuel hospital bed. He says he doesn't regret anything he did. I stood my ground and I would do it all over again. The Portland Police Bureau got several calls Thursday, shortly after 12 p.m., about the group, which was making its way through North Portland with JFPK signs and drums. Witnesses reported seeing people in the crowd openly carrying firearms and wearing tactical gear. I always stress, 
they are within their legal right to carry those firearms. Hall, who is a local handyman and was driving his pickup through the area, said he got stopped by the crowd in the street and other vehicles that were blocking his way along North Alberta near Michigan Avenue. All of a sudden, these agitators come out screaming, pounding on my truck. After trying to drive around the group, Hall said he stopped and got out of his pickup truck because he thought he hit something. By this time, I've got five people surrounding my vehicle, AR-15s, AK-47s. According to Hall, people in the group were calling him derogatory racially charged names and pointing weapons at him while his truck door was open. Hall said someone took his keys and a less lethal firearm, so he grabbed his pistol. I pulled my 38 out of my right pocket and pointed it at the group and to- pointed at the ground, sorry, and told them if a weapon points at me again, I will shoot to eliminate the threat. Hall told Fox 12 he is a disabled veteran who served in the Marine Corps and Army Reserves. Hall said shortly after he was showed, shortly after he showed he had a pistol, somebody tackled him to the ground and took the gun. Hall said people started kicking and hitting him. Video posted to social media show the event unfolding with posters praising the crowd members disarming of the man in captions and comments. A neighbor who spoke to Fox 12 said she saw part of the scuffle from her window. It looked like he was face down and, the, and then people were kneeling on top of him. Hall said he thought he was going to die and wants to know why Portland police didn't intervene after receiving other calls about the group. A driver near Interstate Avenue in Killingsworth reported that the crowd smashed out their back window and slashed their tires. After he recovers from his injuries, Hall says he's picking up and leaving the city. Bravo, good sir, do it. That's the right move. I'm done. I'm done working in Portland. I'm shutting my business down and I'm probably not going to be coming back. Hall filed a police report for the assault and said he will be pursuing bias crime charges based on what people were shouting at him. Fox 12 reached out to one of the March organizers on Twitter, but did not get a response. PPB, Police Bureau, has not released any updates on the investigation or whether there have been any citations or arrests, nor will there be. It's going to keep happening, my friends. This isn't the first time. It won't be the last that the police actually don't do anything or they're more likely to arrest a conservative. I shouldn't even say conservative. This is a regular guy, regular guy, a handyman in Portland. Well, I got to say, I respect the guy for standing his ground. I respect the guy for saying he's going to leave. But I have to question why he's there in the first place after a year of people smashing windows and setting fires. Did you think it wouldn't happen to you? How many times have I had to say it? Now, first, maybe he didn't know. I don't expect everybody to know everything. And this may be a regular guy who just watches regular news. And of course, the regular news is not telling people what's really happening. Now he's a regular guy with two broken vertebrae, vertebrae, who is realizing what's happening in his city and is going to be leaving. I'm sad this happened to him. And it's unfortunate these things keep happening. We have this, this video from Bill Malugan. LAPD's Topanga Division station was firebombed Sunday morning at about 1 a.m. A source sent me this video, which shows a suspect throwing a Molotov cocktail against the doors. LAPD tells me officers witnessed it and chased the suspect down, and the suspect is in custody. How much you want to bet this guy? Well, actually, this guy might actually get charged um, and uh, convicted. Because when these people attack government buildings, it seems to be the only time they actually get in trouble. But not everyone, only the most serious offenders. There was one individual who burned down a police station in Minneapolis. That person was convicted. Several accomplices. Most of the people, however, cut loose. In Portland, even though they were firebombing federal facilities, most of these people were cut loose. Those who were committing the most egregious crimes were the ones 
who are actually getting charged. I've been, you know, I wouldn't say 100% gung-ho about abolishing the police, but I have been saying abolish the police. And let me, let me clarify. I think most of you understand where I'm coming from at this point. Seeing conservatives say, what's the point of having police if they're defending Antifa are starting to realize when the Democrats control the political apparatus, the police will be enforcers of corrupt Democrats. And they've been doing it for some time. While I haven't been on board with defunding the police until somewhat recently, and what I should say somewhat on board with, my attitude is this. If you still live in these cities with the police actually either ignoring or sometimes outright protecting the far left and Antifa and the Black Lives Matter riots, you've been warned and people still voted for this. A lot of people are post, you know, Biden voters are furious. Gas prices are on the rise. The economy's in trouble. We, we got we got a cyber attack on, an, on on the largest oil pipeline in the country. And what is the FBI doing? <laughs> I guess concerned about hate crimes. You know, I saw this article from Fox News, Chicago weekend violence, six killed, including a 13 year old boy, 28 people wounded in shootings. There have been at least 195 murders and 865 shootings year to date, police say. You want to know why I bring this story up? Do you know what'll happen if you live in Chicago and decide to purchase a firearm to protect yourself? These cops will arrest you on the spot and they won't care what your excuse is. They won't care what your reason is. Oh, they can't stop the gang violence. They can't stop the riots, but you better believe they will stop you if you try to exercise your second amendment right to defend yourself. So at this point, if there are police who either don't care or who are engaging in illegal activities like those who protected Bill de Blasio in New York's illegal paintings or those who would gleefully enforce unconstitutional laws, the smartest thing for any law abiding citizen is to advocate for, for abolishing the police. Not for the reason the left says the leftists think the cops are a, a racist institution that can't be redeemed. Don't care. It's not true, mind you. I've encountered bad cops. I've encountered good cops. And I think for the most part, a, a police department's a good thing. Police helping to keep us safe. When we have problems, we can call, we can call them for help. But I do think the big cities have done away with personal responsibility. In New Jersey, for instance, you cannot have a gun for personal protection. Oh, they'll lie and claim you can, but let's be realistic. How do you get a handgun for concealed carry? Or Well, first of all, you can't open carry, period. I could have sworn the Constitution says keep and bear arms, but sure. But you, in order to get a handgun in New Jersey, you need a qualifying reason. And it's extremely hard to have one. If you say to defend yourself from hate crimes, they will laugh in your face. Not literally, figuratively, they will. You can't get one. It's hard enough to actually get qualified for a single handgun purchase to keep in your own home stored safely. It's hard enough to get qualified to even buy long guns. Hard enough, I should say, more like time consuming and tedious. And for people who have full time jobs, it's pretty hard. Take a look at this from New Jersey 101.5. FBI in New Jersey cracking down after rise in hate crimes in 2020. All right. Well, hate crimes are bad. I'm glad that law enforcement takes people committing crimes seriously. But for real, there's a rise in hate crimes. OK, here's my solution. Um, who are the, who are the victims? Are the victims? Uh, is it is it Latinos, Asians, black people? Is it is, OK, black and Asian? OK, the data shows attacks against black and Asian residents increase significantly. All right. Here's my solution. Give them guns. Oh, but you can't. You see the problem here? 
Now, I know that most people don't care for the FBI at this point. Democrats apparently love the FBI, which is hilarious. But we're talking about law enforcement in general. I don't think the FBI is going to go around arresting someone for just having a gun. That's if it's federal, it's going to be the ATF. But New New Jersey police will. So you mean to tell me that people in New Jersey can read the news about how there are hate crimes against them based on their race and they cannot go and get a gun to protect themselves? Are we worried about hate crimes happening with people breaking into our houses? No, we're worried about black and Asian people walking down the street, minding their own business and someone attacking them based on their race. But you cannot keep in bare arms without a qualifying reason for a concealed carry, let alone a long gun that you can't, that, that's just outright illegal. And then even in your home in New Jersey, if someone breaks in, you have a duty to retreat. Who's going to arrest you if you stand your ground? The police. At this point in the big cities, the criminals are getting more protection than law abiding citizens. Small business owners don't even play. Maryland COVID-19 squad investigates quarantine breakers. And yes, they can arrest you. Maryland man gets year in jail for hosting parties violating COVID-19 crowd restrictions. I've covered these stories before, but we have a First Amendment right to peaceably assemble. I don't care for what reason. The Constitution doesn't say for, for parties and libations. It doesn't say only for political reasons. It says peaceably assemble. But the police still go and arrest law-abiding citizens. The police still go and take away their right to defend themselves. Now, for a while, I defended the police department. Remember that? My reasons aren't the same as the anarchist or libertarian reasons for saying we should abolish the police. Mine are different. We had an election. We said, stop the riots, please. They voted. Portland voted. New York voted. Maryland voted. They voted to support those who defended the extremists. And as time goes on, we can see that the cops have become irrelevant in the political discourse. I'm I'm talking about policy wise. So people say to me, Tim, don't blame the cops. It's the district attorneys who are doing this. No. No, I blame the person who took the action. If you're a cop at this point, you know that if you arrest someone and they're a leftist, they're getting cut loose. And if you arrest someone and they're a regular law abiding, regular working class American, small business owner, conservative, moderate, you know, they will get the book thrown at them. So why do it? That's the choice they made. The police make the choice. OK, let's take the person, the, the personable, the personal out of the equation. I don't care if the cop is a good cop or a bad cop. Let's just talk math. As I've stated last week, and I'll state it again, over a long enough period of time with conservatives and moderates getting the book thrown at them and leftists being released, you will have leftists doing whatever they want, conservatives sitting in jail. For those that are getting felony charges for, say, having a party or going to church or whatever, or defending themselves with a firearm, you can't vote anymore. Isn't that funny how it works out? So I'm, I'm saying this is a warning to the conservatives. So long as Democrats control, control these departments, the good cops are resigning. Do you really think now is the time to defend the cops who will lock you up without question? You're free to do so. Don't take it from me. These are just my thoughts and my opinions. And if you disagree, by all means, you're allowed to. A lot of conservatives said that I got schooled when I debated a conservative about uh, on, on our podcast about why we shouldn't have cops anymore. And I'm like, you look at New York City. These cops are going after small business owners. They're going after churches. They're going after synagogues. They're going after people who want to go to church to praise the Lord, as is their God-given right to do so. The First Amendment constrains the government. 
but it didn't matter to these cops. It didn't matter to them when they chained up the, uh, the uh, playground uh, in a Jewish neighborhood. It didn't matter to them when they shut down churches or arrested people for having parties, which they did. It doesn't matter to them when people get guns to protect themselves. It doesn't matter to them. Don't support those cops. You want to preserve the legacy of the policing institutions and those who actually drive full speed into danger to save lives. I respect that. And I respect those people. We're at a point now where you can't even defend yourself in these cities and the left is getting away with it. The, the Black Lives Matter riots are getting away with it. Let's take a look at Canada. Take a look at these places where there's no constitution. This story is from just the other day. Canadian pastor whose Easter confrontation police went viral arrested after holding church service. Calgary pastor Artur Pulowski is charged with organizing an illegal in-person gathering. You want to know what's funny? People keep talking about the constitution in this country. They talk about how it's so great we got a constitution and it's, it's, it's so unfortunate Canada and the UK don't have that. Really? Here's, a here's one of my favorites. The New York Times reports hugging and kissing in England could be government approved starting next Monday after a year of nodding, waving and bumping fists or elbows. I just put LOL. Funny. Constitution. UK and Canada ain't got one. Okay. People are still getting arrested in violation of the Constitution. Fat load of good the Constitution is doing any of us when conservatives defend the institutions that openly violate the Constitution. Now, let's be real. Let's go back to that first story. A bunch of people peaceably assembling, but in violation of the law. Let's talk about interpreting the First Amendment and being reasonable people. Should these people who are blocking the street be physically harmed? No, they shouldn't. Should they be arrested? Yes, they should. Peaceably assemble does not mean openly break the law without consequence. They have a right to peaceably assemble. They don't have a right to break the law. Peaceably assembling. We can look back at the writings of many founding fathers. Had a lot more to do with the Continental Congress. It had a lot to do with people meeting for rallies to discuss. They didn't want their gatherings broken up by the government because they were opposing the government. They wanted the press to be able to report. They wanted people to be able to practice their religion. These things should be protected. So you want to engage in nonviolent civil disobedience. You're upping the ante. Now, now you're going to get arrested. You get a slap on the wrist, but you're cleared from the street. Don't do it again. Do it again. Maybe you'll, you'll spend some time in jail. Instead, what we're getting, the left is, given, is being given carte blanche. We saw what happened when those leftists went on the highway. I believe this was in, Seattle, in the Seattle area, the Pacific Northwest, and a car who didn't realize the highway was shut down for the extremists swerved, not seeing these people, hitting a couple of them. And that guy is going to prison. That's right. Think about it for two seconds. Here's a guy who doesn't know the ramp, the, the highway's closed and doesn't know why. The city, the police shut down the highway to protect far left extremists who were occupying it instead of just telling them to get off the highway. And who got punished? The guy who was driving on. He should have known it was closed and he hit some people. Amazing. You know, the left is in complete support of the police. And if you think that's not true, you are lying to yourself. You say, no, 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 Tim, the left wants to abolish the police. No, no, they don't. They want the police to do what they say, which is why they celebrate, which is why they celebrate when the police arrest a man in his own home in Milwaukee, which is why they are demanding the police arrest this guy in Plano, Texas. 
They say abolish the police. What they really mean is give us control of the police. I'll tell you, when I say abolish the police, I mean outright just dissolve the organization, give everybody a gun. Everybody should defend themselves. This is the route we're going. I tell you the best path forward if you if you are concerned about violence in your neighborhoods is to take responsibility for your safety and protect yourself. I know a lot of people say it's not possible. It's not uh, uh, it's not easy. I didn't say it was going to be easy either. It could be. Well, it will be dangerous and it could be bad. But right now where I'm at in the middle of nowhere, I have a right to defend myself and on, on my own property. I'm on the border between West Virginia and Maryland. So there's there's different distinctions depending on which state you're in. West Virginia, it's your responsibility. Ain't no cops out here. In the Maryland area, right across the border, it's basically the same thing. But there's different laws in Maryland. So you got you to be more careful out there. Are we going to sit back and, and, and cheer on the police department enforcing Democrat edict that breaks the law, changing street names without vote, taking taxpayer money without vote and letting cops just support this? Are we going to sit back as cops allow people to shut down highways and roads? And then what do you say when they go and arrest conservatives? What do you say when they put the, the, the Capitol uh, rioters in solitary confinement? The capital right was wrong. These people should be arrested and charged, same as anybody who's going to commit any other crime. But you see the severity and the, and the difference. We, there was even a Capitol police officer who went on CNN condemning all of these all people on the right and in the worst possible way. Now, of course, these people were fighting with cops on, on, on the six. So it's not like they're in agreement with each other. The point is, uh, you're, you're, you're never going to be able to convince me that there is logic behind defending the police at this point. In the UK and Canada, we see that they're willing to just arrest whoever, even if it's just unjust or unethical. In the US, they're doing the same thing, spitting on the Constitution at the same time. Okay, fine. I can look at Canada and the UK and say they don't got a Constitution, so don't be surprised. They shouldn't do it anyway. In the US, even with a Constitution, they still arrest people in violation of their constitutional rights. That's going too far. You don't have an argument about gun rights? Fine. I'm much more absolutist on 2A at this point than I've ever been in my life, notably because of what's been going on. But there is, there is still, there are still arguments about what does it mean to keep and bear arms and, and what do arms mean in short. For me, I think the founding fathers wanted us to be able to run our own militia at a moment's notice, which means have all the guns, have all the ammo. But there are questions about, you know, I guess concealed carry versus open carry. Now, they're real questions because I've talked to some gun owners who say concealed carry is better. Some people say open carry is better. Meh, I don't know. Those are real arguments. Yet still, the cops decide you can't keep and bear arms. You want to know what's the most insane thing is arresting somebody for having a party because it says peaceably assemble. The guy wasn't even getting political and the cops still show up and arrest the guy. And it ha it's happened more than once. You want to defend the police by all means, go and do it. At this point, my concern is that the left has, has with, with control of the DA's office and the political institutions, this kind of thing will only get worse. I hope this video out of Plano, Texas is a wake up call where a guy simply was saying, get out of the way. And the cops defended the extremists shutting down traffic. That should never be. But this is the place. This is where we're at right now. But I, I did see a lot of conservatives kind of wake up to this. So it is what it is. You know, you know, you know, you know why I'll say that? Because I don't live in these cities anymore. I'm not going to I'm not going to stress about it where I live. I'm not worried. I'm not worried about riots. I'm not worried about, you know, cops arresting me if I defend my own property. I'm all right. If you want to live in these suburban and urban areas and you're a cop, don't be surprised when you go to prison because you 
you know, defended your life. If you're a conservative and you're defending the police, don't be surprised when agents of the state take the side of the state, regardless of what is constitutional or justified. Because when the Democrats get elected, which they did, now you've got law enforcement saying, we're neutral, but our bosses are Democrats. All right, well, do what you got to do. Support what you want to support. Don't take my word for it if you don't want to. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.